Yay. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Abdiela. Well, welcome, everybody. We love you. We love you guys, and we're so grateful that you're here, that you made it out today to the Doral Vineyard. We love you. And let me tell you what else we love. We love to create spaces where a desire for following and growing in a relationship with God is nurtured, it's celebrated, and it's attractive. And it's attractive to others. We love for people who are followers of Jesus to help other people become and develop becoming followers of Jesus. We call it disciples making disciples. And we love to create and give tools here at our church for you to be able to do that. And one of the tools that we provide every single week is small groups. We have a bunch of small groups that happen throughout the week. Uh, and so you're welcome to come to those. You're welcome to invite someone. You're welcome to invite other people here. Who are the other people that I'm talking about? I'm talking about your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors, to invite them and help them experience what you've experienced here at Doral Vineyard, which is God's presence and this community, right? You feel this community in your life where you feel like you are accepted. You feel like you are valued here. You feel like this is a place where you can belong. And so welcome here to Doral Vineyard. We're glad you're here. We are in the middle of a series that we're calling Don't Stop Believing. And we're in part three. So if you have your Bibles, uh, if you would open them up to the book of Romans chapter eight, we're gonna look at verse 31 and 32. If you don't actually have a physical Bible, you can actually look it up in your electronic, your phone, or your tablet. We have all of our notes, the, the message title and the verses we're gonna read today on digital form. And you can find that simply by downloading. We actually have a visual aid for me, who am a visual learner. Um, and so you just have to download the Bible app that looks like that right there on the big screen behind you, behind me. And then what you do is you click on the YouVersion Bible app. It opens up. I'm going to do it too. And uh, after you, it opens up, there's going to be a page that says more at the bottom right. Click on that. And then another page is going to show up and you're looking for the word events, and you click on that, and then boom, Doral Vineyard Live. This is what you're going. Don't stop believing. Chapter three, this is what we're talking about. So it's going to be great. I want to tell you guys that um, in this fall, something that happened to me, that, that when I'm not careful, it happens actually quite often. Um, there was a moment, you know, the fall, like end of August, September, beginning this earlier this month, I, I, I got to a place where I started looking at my schedule and I didn't realize how packed I had made it. It was one of those times where I felt like I wish I was, I could clone myself three times, actually four times, um, so I could be at everything that I had signed up that I had said I wanted to do. Um, I was, I had signed up for the fall to lead four small groups. Um, I had decided, one of those small groups actually is a group that we have for people who are exploring their faith. They're not really sure what they believe. It's also for people who are new believers or people who've just recently been baptized. And it's a great class that we, that I teach that talks about the fundamentals of our faith. The, the, the challenge with this class is that there's a lot of prep time that goes along with it. And there are teams that I have to mobilize in order for this class to happen. We do, it, it's a big shindig we do to make it happen. And so, um, and so I have that, 
plus prepping, extra leg work for that, plus I'm here before you every Sunday preparing a message, you know, before this Sunday, right? I'm preparing throughout the week. It was a lot for me. Now, my world, this is me, probably your world, you don't really, they're like, I don't think that's that big a deal. I don't really see. (laughs) But in my world, that's like insane, okay? To, To do everything that I just signed up to do, and I started to feel overwhelmed. And anxiety hit me, like a terrible amount of anxiety hit me. I'm like, oh my goodness. As a matter of fact, I wrote an email to some of my friends here on staff, and I said, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Pray for me. I actually spoke to my wife, Marie, and I said, pray for me. I'm feeling massively overwhelmed right now. I don't know how I'm going to be able, to, I don't know what I was thinking, how I'm going to be able to handle this. And um, in my time with the Lord, I came across this verse in the book of Psalm 63:1, and uh, I'd, I'd love to read it to you. It, it talks about, there's a part, a phrase in the verse that talks about how uh, y- you, let's see if I can find it here. Um, yeah, right here. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. My arms wave, and it kind of stuck out to me, and I was like, okay, I really don't have time to spend too much time in my devotional reading because I got to get to all this other stuff, but let me just do it anyway. And so I, I, my arms wave in banner, like a banner of praise to you. And I started thinking about this, and I started to ask myself the question, you know, why, why, do, um, why, why, why would I wave my hands like banners? Why, why would I do this? And I thought, well, I think people will do that, wave their hands in, like banners when... They, different reasons. One, maybe because people, like you're in school, and you know what the answer is, so you raise your hand, right? And so you raise your hand, okay, so you raise your hand, okay. Another reason is maybe because, like, you're surrendering, right? You're like, uh, you know, so you wave your hands up, I'm, I'm done, it's over, you're waving the white flag, right, I'm done. Uh, and then I thought that people wave their hands and raise their hands in the air when they've been declared the winner. And I thought, you know what? That's what I'm going to do right now, because actually, I physically did that. When I started realizing those four things, um, you know, that I had to do, and I'm like, I don't have enough time in the day. I don't know how I'm going to get to all this. I just went like this. Like, I took my pencil and threw it up in the air. I was like, I can't do this. And I thought, wait, I just did that. And then I come across this verse, and so I started thinking about why people raise their hands. I'm like, God, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to raise my hands to you and say, God, I cannot get all this done. I raised my hands like that, and I started waving my hands, God, I can't get this done. Like, it doesn't even matter that I'm spending this much time in my devotional time with you, God, because even if I did it, I still wouldn't be able to get all that done, so I can't get this done. And then I started thinking, well, I'm going to wave my hands and point to Jesus because I know that he's the answer to be able to handle all this anxiety that I'm feeling. So God, I'm waving my hands up to point to you, to, to you, Jesus. And I felt like as I was doing that, I felt like God was like downloading like a blueprint, a strategy of how I was gonna be able to face and navigate all these things that I was facing in my life. And so I felt like as I was waving my hands and raising my hands as a banner to God, I felt like God was saying, he was whispering to me, this is how you win. This is how you win. This is how you, how you overcome. This is how you get the victory. This is how you win, by focusing on me, by 
putting your eyes on me and letting me fight your battles and letting me take care and remove that anxiety in your life. And, I, you know, I thought, maybe some of you today are in that place. Maybe like I was, or maybe even worse, where you feel like there's too much going on right now. Life is just happening way too much, and, you know, maybe there's an obstacle, maybe there's an opponent, or maybe there's something that you feel, I can't overcome this. It, it could be anything. It could be like me. It could be just a, a heavy schedule. It could be, you know, uh, maybe something challenging you. It, it might be much more. It might, might be an ongoing thing. Like, you know, I just can't overcome my weight issue. I just, I, I've, I'm always going to battle with my weight. Or maybe you're like, I'm battling with depression, and I'll never overcome that. Or, or maybe someone hurt me, and I just can't get past that hurt, and I'll never be able to forgive them. And I, I don't want to at all. Whatever it is that you're facing, something that seems too big for you, I've got really good news for you today. And that is, if you are a follower of Jesus, and if you're taking notes, you can write this down. We have cards in the seat pocket in front of you you can use, and pens as well you can grab and use. But uh, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. And that is, that with Christ, you are a champion. You heard Miss Abdiela mention it. You are a champion with Christ. Now notice what I said and what I didn't say. I didn't say you will be a champion. I said with Christ, positionally, you are a champion. Now, why would I say that? Because that's what the scriptures actually teach us. And when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. And so let's let the word of God speak to us today in Romans chapter eight in this rich portion of scripture. It's one of my favorites from Romans chapter eight. We'll start in verse 31. And the apostle Paul asked this question. He said, this five words, this is how he starts off. He says, if God is for us. Now, he had spent the whole chapter eight before that explaining how God is for us. And then he says, if now this, then this. So if God is for us, who can be against us? Look at verse 32. And I, I love that, you guys. I love that, that if God is on your side, what can stop you? He, verse 32, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how much how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Verse 35, Paul asked a question here, and, and he lists seven different obstacles that all of us, at one time or another, are going to face. All of us, we're going to face these, okay? Um, and he says, he says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You ready? Shall trouble, or hardship, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. He lists these seven things which in one form or another all of us will face. Even 2,000 years later, you guys, that scripture is still true for us today. Even 2,000 years later, he says, he asked this question, Paul, shall trouble or hardship separate us from the love of Christ? I guarantee you, 
that many of you right now, you're going through some kind of trouble, some kind of hardship. For you, it could be ongoing migraine headaches. It could be a challenging marriage. It could be, you, you know, your kid got his permanent tooth knocked out playing dodgeball, and now you got to pay for a, you know, a t it could be trouble. It could be a hardship, right? Um, but the question that Paul is asking, shall those things separate you from the love of Christ? He says, what about persecution? The third thing. You, you may be here. There was some uh, middle school kids here. Maybe there was a, a sixth grade girl. I saw like four of them sitting in the front row that maybe she is getting persecuted because she brings her Bible to school and her friends make fun of her because she carries her Bible to school. Maybe you're here and you're a student. You're a junior in college and you've decided to save your virginity for marriage and everybody's making fun of you because of that and they don't understand. Maybe you're a business person and you walked away from a very lucrative opportunity, but you walked away from this deal because it could cause you to compromise your integrity, and people don't understand, and, and so they persecute you. Shall persecution separate you from the love of Christ? He goes on to say, how about famine or na nakedness? Now, I don't think any of us here, as far as famine goes, we had an amazing spread out in the lobby. None of us are probably hungry this morning. Thank you, Lucy, for all that awesome food and everybody else who brought stuff, but those empanadas, though. Um, but I'm sure nobody is hungry right now, and if you are, you can go to the lobby and grab some more food. And uh, nakedness, as I scan really quickly, there is nobody that's naked, thank God, here. But how can that apply to you, okay? Maybe you're thinking, well, I, nobody's naked, I'm not really hungry, but for you in your world, this could represent some financial hardships where there's just, you know, more month left than money. I mean, there's five Mondays left and, you know, one more Monday in this month of September. I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know. Are, are, are we going to have to deal with this by filing bankruptcy? And, and you're battling that. He goes on to say, shall danger or a sword. And let me just say that there are those of you who are worshiping with us here who are from countries all around the world where if you even, you know, go out in public and declare your faith that your life could be in danger. And I acknowledge that here in our country, in the United States, that doesn't happen very often at all. So danger or sword for you, it might represent a physical hardship right? It might represent, it, it could be a doctor's report where the doctor told you or someone you love, well, things don't look good right now. And so Paul asked this question, what shall separate you? What shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And he answers this question in verse 37. Emphatically, he says, right? He goes, no, uh-uh, nada, no thing, nothing, no, in all these things. Listen, when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. Everybody help me out. Say it aloud. He says, no, say no. no. In all these things, what are we, you guys? In all these things, we are more than, okay, I just got to tell you. That if you're going to say it like that, you're going to get whooped every single day this week. All right? I need some help this morning. you got to say it like you believe it. Let's say it one more time because that was pathetic. Help me out again. What are we? We are more than conquerors. Not 
in our own power, right? Not in our own strength, but in whom? Through Christ who loved us. See, it's not in our own strength. It's not in our own power, but through the power of the risen Christ. Those of you who are followers of Christ, let me tell you who you are. You are more than a conqueror. You are more than just a winner. You don't just win one time. You are a champion. In fact, the little Greek word there that is translated as conqueror or winner or victor, it means to be victorious. But that's not the word that's used in this passage. The word that's used in this passage is the word Hooper nikao. See, the word conqueror is nikao. But the word that's used in this passage is the word hooper nikao. Hooper means hyper, or it means exceedingly more than. And Paul is saying, you are more than a winner. You're hooper nikao. See, you can win one battle, but that's not what I'm talking about. A champion has won all the battles. See, here's the definition of what it is. What does Hooper Nikao means? If you're taking notes, it means to vanquish beyond recognition. It's a, it means a decisive victory. It means, and this is powerful, it means that it's not just a W, not just a win. It's you've destroyed the opposition. It means exceedingly more than a conqueror. Can I tell you that with Christ, you are Hooper Nikao. You're not just eking by just a little victory. You're going to annihilate the opposition. We're talking about, well, let me tell you, we're not talking about Rocky Balboa fighting Apollo Creed, right? That's not what we're talking about if you've ever seen the Rocky movies, right? What is he doing? He's in there round after round, and he's boom, boom, boom. And the coach, you know, the, the, the trainer, comes. he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, uh, I'm trying to wear him out. I'm trying to wear him out, right? And meanwhile, his face is all puffy, and his eyes are almost closed, and, you know, he can barely stand. But that's, you know, and he's getting brain damage. That's why at the end, you know, he's like, hey, yeah, right? Because he can't even talk. That's not you. You're not just trying to eke your way by. You are destroying the opposition. You're talking about, you're, 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 you're talking about this is the God kind of victory. When he vanquishes the beyond recognition, we're talking just like what God did to the people of Egypt when he was rescuing the people of Israel out of their hand, right? He was rescuing them out of their hand and, and they came to the Red Sea. And not only did God did a huge miracle, right, when he parted the Red Sea and the Israelites crossed on dry ground, but after they crossed, the Egyptian army comes and they try to cross the Red Sea too and in one foul swoop, poof, baby, they're gone. The whole entire Egyptian army is gone. We're talking about undisputed, undefeated champion of the world, total victory. We're talking what Gideon did in Judges chapter 6, 7, and 8, when God says, take on the Midianites, right? And he said, no, no, God, I can't. I'm too afraid. And God says, no, you are a mighty man of valor. And when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. And he says, well, God, but the thing is, I've only got 
32,000 men to fight with me. And God says, well, well, that's way too much because if you fight with that many, then you'll get all the glory and you'll get the victory, but in your name and in your own strength. So we got to trim that down some. And so God said, no, let's trim it down to 300, 300. And then I want you to take your, your you're going to have this victory that is beyond just a simple one. I want you to take your, your weapons, your horns, and your, your pitchers, and I want you to rain down some noise, right? And God, he causes the whole enemy army to turn on each other and wipes them out. That is, my friends, Hooper Nikao. That's who you are in Christ. It's more than, more than just victorious. It's Hooper Nikao. It is the undisputed, undefeated, champion. Now, what I'm not saying is that you're never going to have any trouble in your life. That's not what I'm saying. That you're never going to have any hard time. Not at all. In fact, in the book of, of John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said these words. He said, in this world, what will you have? Do you see it up there? In this world, help me out somebody, in this world, you will have trouble. In other words, for you to be a champion, you gotta have some battles you have to fight. It ain't just gonna be given to you, you have to fight, you have to win some battles to be a champion. And so that's what I'm saying, there needs to be something to defeat. And so in this world, let me just tell you, you will have trouble. But then it says, but take heart. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. You see, through Christ, through the power of the risen Christ, you and us and I, we are champions. And you may be here and say, well, I just feel like an ordinary follower of Christ. I just feel like, a, you know, the common Joe. Let me tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, there is no such thing as just an ordinary follower of Jesus. You are a spirit-filled champion, according to Revelation chapter 12, where it talks about how the end-time believers, they would defeat the forces of wickedness. He said, they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. See those two things there? You see those two things? Right, can you put that up? I probably didn't give you that scripture, Revelation chapter 12. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of the testament. What, what does that mean? Let's break it down. The blood of the lamb, number one, the blood of the lamb. See, you are a champion by the blood of the lamb. What is that? It's kind of gross. It's what you just drank this morning during worship, okay? <laughs> it, it, the Bible says that the lamb of God is Jesus, and he was slain before the foundation of the world. Jesus shed his blood and through the power of the blood, Scripture says, our sins are forgiven. And through the power of the blood, Scripture says that we have access to the very throne room of God. And through the power of the blood, the Scripture says, the shed blood, it says that we are redeemed. We are redeemed from the empty way of life that we've been living. And so you, because of what Jesus did, his blood, you are a champion. Say, I am a champion. And you're a champion by the words of your testimony. What is that? The words of your testimony. The words of your testimony are the story 
that you have about God, the story that God has been to you, right? It's like the one day when that little teenage boy, David, he went to this valley where the army of Israel was fighting against the Philistines. And he went up to his king, it's kind of like the president, went up to the king, King Saul, and, and he, was, he, he went up to him, and, and at that time, the people of Israel were afraid. They were, uh, they were, the whole entire army of Israel was afraid of one person. The whole army, we're talking about thousands of people, afraid of, like all of them together are afraid of one person, a giant. And so this young teenage boy goes up to his king and he says, I'll take him. And King Saul looks at David and he says, oh, that's nice. You're so young, you're so cute. Why don't you go back home and play with your Legos? And David says, no, 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 you don't understand. Let me tell you who my God is. Let me tell you what my God has done for me. You see, when there was a lion that tried to attack my sheep, God delivered these lion, this lion into my hands, and I killed the lion. Not many people can brag about that in those times. They didn't have the same kind of weapons we have today. I killed a lion, king. He's like, oh, you killed a lion. Yeah, not only that, there was a bear that came. Big old bear came and attacked my sheep. And guess what? Let me tell you what my, the words of my testimony. Let me tell you what my God did for me. See, my God delivered this bear into my hands, and I killed the bear. Let me tell you, that giant, he's not even a beast. He's a human. You guys are afraid because he's too big. I'm telling you, he's too big to miss. Just somebody find me a stone. I got this. And I want to tell you, that in your life, you will have a giant. And if you can just internalize this, that, that, that this is what a champion does by the blood of the lamb, not by your own strength, but on the supernatural strength of the blood of the lamb and by the words of your testimony. When you get this inside of you and you feel it, this is what you're gonna become. You know, it, it's not like, oh, 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 I understand. So once I get my life together, and I've worked out a few things, then I'm gonna become this champion. No. I'm talking about positionally. If you are in Christ, you are a champion. You don't, you're not gonna become one. You're not in the process of becoming. No, no, you are a champion. Can you say again, I am a champion. And there's a giant in your life right now that no one else thinks that you're gonna be able to overcome and you may even have your doubts, but you can with the power of the risen Christ and when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. You are hooper nikao, more than a conqueror. You are a champion, you are a champion. I am, say it again, I am, I am. a champion. By the blood of the lamb, and by the words of my testimony. You didn't say that like you mean it. And by the words of my testimony. Yes. So for those of you who are followers of Jesus, you are a champion. And let me just encourage you. I want to encourage you to fight in two ways. Two ways. Number one, if you're taking notes, 
because you are a champion, now you're going to fight with a championship attitude and live in a championship lifestyle with a championship attitudes. See, too many people, I think, tragically, they come in with this faithless, wishy-washy mindset and they lose the battle in their minds before they even fight in this world. And you don't do that. You start standing strong positionally. No, 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 no. Knowing who you are, you are more than a conqueror. Faith-filled attitude will lead to faith-filled behavior. And the battle starts in the mind. You'll never go around and say, well, I'm just a victim. I'm just a victim. Everything just always happens to me. How come? It just always happens to me. Nothing ever good happens. Um, I wish things would just go right. Our marriage is so pathetic, and it's always going to be pathetic. And she's always going to be selfish, and he's always going to be selfish. I'll never get married. I mean, Valentine's Day is coming up again in a few months, and I hate Single Awareness Day, right? It just happens all the time. Every year it comes, and every year it goes, you know? And I'm always going to be overweight, and I'm always going to battle with this addiction, and I will never be able to forgive. You know what that is? That is a victim talk. And if you are a follower of Jesus, you are not a victim. If you are a follower of Jesus through Christ, you are a victor. You don't talk that negative, defeated mindset. You know who you are in Christ. You are Hooper Nikao. You vanquish the enemy. You are a champion. And here's what, whenever that negative thoughts come at you, look at what the Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. The Bible says this, we demolish, I like that word, Another version in the scriptures, it says cast down, but I like we demolish. It just, it, it's not just, you know, getting by by your chinny chin chin. No, this is we demolish. We absolutely demolish. And what do we demolish, you guys? We demolish what? What does it say up there? We demolish arguments and every what? Pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And what do we do? Scripture says we what? We take captive every thought. What do we do with every thought? We make it obedient to Christ. I just can't do that. I just can't. No, 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 no. Hold on a second. When the world says I'm not good enough, God, you say I'm good enough, you should listen to that song. I'm quoting a, I'm reading a, quoting a, a, a song. Uh, get it. It's a great song. I've been playing it almost all the time I can play it. We're going to play it here in a couple weeks. It's, uh, the song title is called Echo, and uh, it's by a worship team called en uh, Elevation Worship. But when your mind says you're not good enough, you say, wait a second. Uh-uh. I can do all things, the Bible says. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's God's word. That's the scripture. Well, this is just an impossible situation. And all we can do now is pray. Have you ever thought about how God feels when he's up in heaven and he hears somebody say that? Well, all we can do now is pray. I mean, if I was God, I would be a little sarcastic in response to that. I would be like, 
oh, it must really be bad now. You must have no other options now when all you can do now is pray. It must be, has it come to this? That now you gotta pray? I mean, we're talking about the all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present God, and all you can do now is pray? I mean, is it that bad? Oh my gosh, no, it must be so impossible. No, we say no. In all these things, it might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. You might say, but you know, I don't have that much faith. Well, the scripture says, we were in a small group on Friday, and Felix was talking about this scripture. He was saying, no, the Bible says that you don't need that much faith. I don't have that much faith. You don't need that much. All you need is what? A mustard seed of faith, a little itty bitty, tiny, teeny kind of faith. All you need is a little bit of faith. And you can say to this mountain, be removed and thrown into the sea. And the scripture says that it will be cast unto the sea. And so what do you do is you grab every thought that is not consistent with God's word and you make it obedient to Christ. Therefore, because I am in Christ, I am a champion. And I'm, I'm not gonna let what anybody else thinks or says about me you know, I'm not going to let what anybody did to me in the past stop me from doing what God has called me to do because I am a champion. I am Hooper Nikao, not in my own strength, but by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of my testimony. Now, some of you, I can see it in your eyes today. Some of you, you're sitting there and you're saying, well, that's all fine for you, pastor boy. It's fine for you because nothing ever bad happens to you. Well, it must be your first time you're tuning into my messages. <laughs> but you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Nothing ever bad happens to me. I mean, I, I, I'm so close to God that in the evenings I like glow in the dark, you know? <laughs> And it rubs on in my, you know, it rubs off to my family as well. Like when I come into, you know, all you little ordinary people, when you go to a red light, you guys stop. I just creep up and the light just, whoo, automatically changes to green. And then it rubs off into my family. My wife walks in and there's a spread of dinner already on the table waiting for us. And, and the clothes is washed and folded and put in each one of the drawers. And, and the, the house is clean and mopped and swept. And uh, I got no problem. I don't know what you guys are dealing with, but as a pastor, we never go through anything at all, you know? No, you've got to know this, that what I am doing today is a result of overcoming every single obstacle that has stopped me from being here today. I knew I was supposed to be doing this 35 years ago, and I have faced obstacle after obstacle where I just decided, you know, if there's a wall, I guess I gotta go over it, and if I can't go over it, I guess I gotta go under it, and if I can't go under it, then I guess I just got to put my head down and go through it because nothing is going to, I am a champion. God has called me to be a champion, and I'm not going to let anything stop me from being what God has called me to do. I always say when I look back at these 35 years, I don't look at it as wasted time. I look at it as God qualifying the call in my life. 
I remember in my last gig where I worked at the last time, I, I, I served as a staff pastor for 10 years. And I remember the, the, the first day I was with my boss and I said, listen, appreciate you wanting me to bring me, bring me on staff. This is what's gonna happen. I'm gonna serve here at this church for four years. And then after that, I'm gonna go do my thing. And I remember my boss said, okay, you serve here for four years and I will help you go do your thing. I said, all right, good. And at the end of four years, obstacle after obstacle, things in my way that said, nope, not yet. It's not time to go do your thing. I stayed six more years there. And after I stayed those six years, uh, there was wall. There, was, there were obstacles. There were things in my way that, that, you know, I could have easily said after 10 years of being there, well, I guess this is as good as it gets. I guess this is where my lot in life is supposed to, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. It's been 10 years, God. I guess this is it. But see, I was never made that way. I grew up learning that if there was an obstacle in my way, if there was a wall in my way, I just needed to either find a way around it, over it, under it, or break through it because that's what God has called me to do. I couldn't let shake who God had called me to be. And so when you know who you are, when you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. David said this in the book, in, his old, in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, chapter 18, verse 29, he said, God in your strength, can you show it up there? <clears throat> Psalm 18, verse 29. He said, God in your strength, I can crush any army, and with my God, would you help me out? What can you do? I can scale the wall. Spider-Man, baby. Spider-Man, you didn't know you had skills. With God, there is no wall that you can't climb. There is no mountain high enough. Ain't no mountain. I'm not gonna sing it, but you know that song. Believe that, come on, believe it. You are not a victim with Christ. You are a champion. And you have the power to overcome every single temptation and addiction that the world is trying to throw at you. You fight with a conquering attitude. That's number one, as a champion. You fight with a conquering attitude. Number two, and then we'll be done here today, and I know I'm taking a little long, but this is just inside of me. As a champion, you fight with supernatural weapons. You don't fight with the weapons that everybody else fights with. You fight with supernatural weapons. Look at what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. For though we live in this world, we do not, what? Wage war as the world does. Keep going. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, our weapons, they have divine what? Everybody help me out. They have divine that word power there in the Greek is the word dunamis, and I spent a whole message speaking on that word dunamis, and it means God's miraculous, explosive power. That's what that word dunamis means. So our weapons that have this explosive, miraculous power of God, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. If you are a follower of Christ, you need to believe in who you are so that you'll know what to do. You fight with supernatural weapons. According to Ephesians chapter six, and I just gotta tell you, 
I do this almost every day. Almost every day, I remind myself of the weapons that I have. In Ephesians chapter 6, it tells you, you have that helmet of salvation. All right? I'll show you how I do it every morning, pretty much. The helmet of salvation. And then you have the breastplate of righteousness. And then you have the belt buckled with the, gospel, with the, the belt of truth right here. And then you put on, I always go like this and I go like this, the gospel. My feet shod with the readiness of the gospel, which is the, the gospel of peace. And then not only that, I take my shield of faith and I do this every time so that I can turn off, I can catch every fiery dart of the enemy. And then I have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I pray in the spirit on all occasions, right? And so this is what I have, the weapons that I have. They have explosive power. And I do this every pretty much every single day. I don't want to say every day because there might be one day you catch, I don't do it, but I do it almost. And let me tell you how I feel after I do this every single time. I'll give you a hint. It's the title of our talk today. Any guesses? I feel like a champion. When I put on the weapons, these miraculous, explosive, powerful, divine weapons on every day, I feel like a champion. I feel like I'm ready to face whatever. I, I understand that I got the victory and I can vanquish the enemy. And so that's what you do. You fight with spiritual weapons. You don't fight with, you know, the weapons that are common around here. You know, whatever it is, a stick, you know, uh, you know, try to, no, you fight with these divine weapons that God has given you. All right? A great example of this is the young lady that was up here just a few minutes ago doing the announcements, and I believe she's in the back right now with some of the middle school students teaching them, and she was doing the kids' time. Abdiela is her name. Some of you that are here, you don't know her story. You don't know who she is. This young lady, the doctors gave her six months to live. Eight years ago. She just had a birthday this month. She was supposed to die eight years ago. Defied every medical staff, every, the doctors don't understand, statistics don't understand how this woman is still alive. And all of you know that she's not just alive. She's working full time. She's involved here. I mean, you just heard, you saw what she did and she's in the back doing her thing. You guys, she gets invitations from doctors constantly and cancer associations asking her to come and speak, stand up and speak to patients who have cancer and family members who are suffering of cancer. And she goes there and she offers them hope. And she says, look, I know what the doctors say, but that's not the end of the story. See, some of us, we don't understand the people we have in our church. People who are walking miracles. I'm telling you, she is a phenom. She's a champion, and so are you. And some of you, you know, you're feeling like your situation is dead. I'm telling you, do what she does. Fight every single day. You fight. You fight. You contend. You use the weapons that you have, and you fight with supernatural weapons. You hear me? And Lucy, I don't want you to fight like a woman. 
I want you to fight like a woman of God. You fight with the weapons that you have. And Tony, I don't want you to fight like a man. I want you to fight like a man of God. How do we fight as a man and a woman of God? You show me how we fight. How do we fight, you guys? We fight on our knees with everything I got, everything you've got, because this is how the battle is won. When we fight on our knees, we pray, we seek God. Here's what scripture says, it's plain and simple. You may have all sorts of hardships in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. It says, we have this treasure. What's the treasure? What, what, what is that? What is that treasure? The treasure is Christ. We have this treasure in jars of clay. What is a jar of clay? That's you and me, our bodies. We learned this last week, if you were here, that God is our potter and that we are the clay. And we have this treasure, Christ, in jars of clay, our body, to show that this all-surpassing dunamis, this explosive, miraculous power of God to show that this all-surpassing power is from who, everybody? Help me out, say it. It's from who? God. God, not from you, not from your own strength. So here's the story. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not what? Everybody say it, but not, you see it? Keep going to the next one. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not what? Crushed. We are perplexed, but not what? but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not what? But not abandoned. We are struck down, but not what? But not destroyed. Why? Because you are a champion. Why? Because you are a champion by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of your testimony. We have the power of Christ in our jars of clay, and I beg you to believe this. You can defeat your unforgiveness, you can, through the power of Christ. You can defeat your weight problems, you can, through the power of Christ. You can defeat your addiction, you can, through the power of Christ. You can defeat that betrayal and have a good marriage again, you can, through the power of Christ. You can defeat that dead-end job that you feel like you're never ever going to Go up, you're, you're gonna be stuck in whatever. You can elevate, God can elevate you and promote you. And you can defeat your moral mistake, you can. And you can have a faithful ministry again, you can. You can, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Yes. And let me finish with this and say that my life is a living testimony of this. My life is a living testimony of this, of what God can do through someone who lives in a championship lifestyle, defeating all the sin with the filth, all that filth and junk with the power of Christ. I, you know, I've, I've defeated in recent years a very negative attitude. In recent years, I had this negative attitude. Now, I'm just faith-filled overwhelming, I, I have this conquering attitude. I, I've defeated also this fear of failure. I had this overwhelming fear of failure in my life and now, now I fail quite well and quite often, <laughs> okay? <laughs> and so, because so long I was afraid of what people would say and what people would think about me and do you like me? 
And now I believe in who God has made me. Why? Because God has helped me to defeat the obstacles in my way, in my life. And you can do the same thing. And here's what God says in his word in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. It says, you dear children are from God. And you have overcome the evil in this world. Why? Not in your own strength, but because of the one who is in you, Christ Jesus is greater than the one who is in the world. No more victim talk, you guys. No more victim, no more. No more, I can't, no more. No, no, you are a champion through Christ. You are. When you believe in who you are, you'll know what to do. You are hooper nikao. You are more than just a conqueror. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads and let's finish with the, with the word of prayer. Father, we pray that your spirit would plant deep within our hearts this truth. And as we're praying right now, there are those of you at this moment that you know that there is something, there's an obstacle, there's a wall, there's an addiction, there's a relationship, there's a challenge, there's a hurdle. There's something that is blocking you, that is overwhelming you. It seems like too much. And today you want to ask God for God's help to be the champion that he's called you to be. Listen, you can and you will. It doesn't mean you won't have trouble. It means you'll overcome the trouble. Those of you who would say, you know what, yes, there is an obstacle. There is a wall, there's an addiction, there is something, and, and I need God's help to be the champion that he's calling me to be, the champion that he says I am, the champion that with his help, I will defeat it. If that's you, would you just simply stand with me right now? Just stand right now. Man, I praise God for those of you that are standing. Every single one of you, I praise God for you. We're gonna pray, and God, by faith, I ask, just as you've helped so many people in the past, you've helped my dad crush his alcoholism. And just as by faith you heard Abdiela's prayer and the prayers of people from around the world who love her, and you keep giving her life, and just as you've worked through thousands and thousands of believers in centuries past, I pray that today, by faith, you would conquer that which opposes your children. God, I thank you that your word is living and active. And I pray, God, that they would fight with faith-filled attitudes. God, I pray that they would fight with the spiritual weapons available to them through the risen Christ. And God, I pray that they would be more than conquerors, never poised for failure with the victim mindset, but positioned for strength in every wind that comes against them with a faith-filled, spirit-directed, championship attitude. And God, by, by the power of the risen Christ, I pray that you would give them victory over that which opposes them. And when you do, God, you would get all the credit and all the glory. And as you keep praying today, there are those of you who would say, you know what, a champion, that's not me. I'm not a champion. 
If you look at your life, you are defeated by the things of this world, by the temptations, by the fear, by the anxiety, by the worry. You say, why can't I stop this? I, w- I just wish I, wish I didn't have this. Let me just tell you. What you need is you need the power of Christ. And so what do you do? You acknowledge very plainly that my sin has, separ- has separated me from a holy God. And then you ask God, God, make me a champion. And how will he do it? Through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, the sinless Son of God, who shed his blood on a cross, and he died and he rose again, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And as you call on his name, by the blood of Jesus, what he shed, all your sins will be forgiven. You'll never earn your way to God. He will forgive you by his grace. And then guess what you have? You've got a story. You've got a story to tell. Here's where I was, and here's where I am. And, and I was in darkness. Now I'm right. Now I'm in this light with God, and I was spiritually dead, but now I'm alive. And you'll be a champion. By the blood of the Lamb and by the words of your testimony. That, my friends, is why many of you are here today. You've been doing life outside the power of God and you recognize your need for him. And today you're gonna confess your need for a savior. You will be transformed and you will be filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You will never be the same again and that's why you're here today. Those of you who would say that, that's me, I know it. I can sense it, I am ready. I'm gonna give my whole life completely to God. I want Jesus to transform me, take me, make me new. That's my prayer today. If that's you, uh, you say, yes, take my life. Just lift up your hand with me right now. Just lift it up and leave it up. And I just want to meet you eye to eye. I see those hands up here in the front. God bless you. Men and women of God being born today. God bless you. I see that hand in the back. I see those two hands right here. These two hands. God bless you. You can put them down. See that hand in the back. God bless you. I see that hand in the back. God bless you. Being born of God today, we praise God for you. We praise God and welcome into God's family. And I want to just pray this prayer, and I want everybody to pray aloud. Everybody pray this together. Say, Heavenly Father, save me from my sins. I am not a victim. Through Christ, I am a victor. Jesus, save me. Make me new. My life is not my own. I give it to you. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. Fill me with your spirit so I can overcome in this world. I give my life to you. Use it for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. DV, would you just take a moment and worship God and celebrate with me and welcome those today born into God's family. Yes, God, amen.